Alrighty, Chip. Light her up. Sure thing, Lance. Uh, thanks for helping me and the kids decorate the tree while Laura's running the pageant, Chip. Ain't nothing better than Christmas, Lance. All right, kids. Say goodnight to Uncle Chip. To have a Christmas story, Uncle Chip. Please, please, please. please. Well, okay, children. Well, I was five years old. I was staying at my grandparents on a cold, snowy Christmas Eve. I crept downstairs to look at my presents. Who should I see but what looked to be old Santa Claus? Advancing on my grandma with a strange light in his eyes. No sooner had I seen it than I grabbed my trusty bat and rammed it down on Santa's head. But as he fell to the ground, I realized to my shock and horror, it wasn't my grandpa like I thought. It was some old hobo. <laughs> chip, chip, chip. Now, that story might not be appropriate for children, especially not right at bedtime. You know, as nightmares can be caused by the diverse mental detritus that children accumulate during the day. I'm, I'm sorry, Lance. I wasn't thinking about mental detritus. What's a hobo? Kind of like a child stealing monster in human form. The chip! Sorry, sorry, Lance. Uh, let's see. A different Christmas story, children. Okay, well, it was Christmas time in my marine days, and I'd been captured by the Taliban. The mad Arab torturer, known only as the Sultan of Sadism, was about to ply his trade. Suddenly, out of an old tinny radio, Silent Night began playing. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and he did something I didn't expect. Kick me repeatedly! you for this? Daddy, what's torture? <laughs> well, kids, <laughs> you know when mommy tells daddy we're only having vegetable-based foods for the next month, that's uh, kind of like torture. <laughs> it's also when one human being inflicts intentional pain on another one. Cutting, pummeling, ripping, ah, you monster! You monster! Daddy, is someone gonna hurt us? Daddy, will you pummel us if we're bad? No, kids, no, no. Chip, for Pete's sake, tell a good Christmas story. No murder, no torture, nothing like that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, kids, did I ever tell you about the time my Uncle Bobby decided he was Santa Claus? Got a sleigh and a team of reindeer and everything. We all laughed pretty hard at that. But nobody was laughing later when Uncle Bobby drove the sleigh off a cliff and died. Oh, you gotta be careful sledding near a cliff. Dang it all, Chip. Tell a good Christmas story. All right, all right. Uh, well, I've met exactly three serial murderers in my time. No, Chip. Sorry, Lance. Uh, well, let's see here. It's not often a scorpion gets into a Christmas Chip. stocking, but sometimes. Chips. Oh, oh, hey, Lance. Let me see here. The word Ebola gets tossed around a lot these days. But one no, fateful Christmas. Chip, no, no, Chip. So, sorry about that, Lance. Well, kids, a lot of people don't associate boa constrictors with Christmas, but one family I knew. Chip! If you're gonna give the kids nightmares, man, come on! I don't want Ebola! Is there gonna be a boa constrictor in my bed? No, kids, no, 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 there are no boa constrictors in... Those stories weren't real, were they, Chip? What's that, Lance? Those stories were just made-up stories, weren't they, Chip? They didn't really happen, did they, Chip? They were just pretend stories. Right, Uncle Chip? Just make-believe stories. Right, Chip? Make-believe. Oh, oh, um, yeah. Right. Right, Lance. Those stories were just pretend. There. Thank you, Chip. Those stories were completely made up. Just like Santa Claus. <laughs>
You are now listening to the sound of Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. And two more merry people I couldn't be joined by. No, An old Ben St. Nick Solzer right there. As jolly oh, oh, a, oh. a fellow as ever there was. Listen in and know me better, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, Ben, you have a wide range of vocal abilities, but the uh, oh, 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 big, oh, fat, jolly oh, old oh, man, oh, not hey. so much. Yeah, We're working on it, folks. We're working on it. We've also got Jolly Jake Menzel Job. with us today. Hey. Jingle, better... Jake Jingle Bells Menzel, or, or Jake Mary Menzel. I don't know. So many different Christmas names you could <laughs> give to him. <laughs> yeah, so many. Welcome to our first annual Christmas... Sound of Sanity. Thank you. Episode, guys. Thanks. Here we are. Here we are. We're recording in the studios in Sanityville. There's a warm fire going in the fireplace. There's a carpet of snow outside. There's a carpet of snow Beautiful carpet of white snow. There's reindeer outside grazing on the mistletoe. About to die because isn't mistletoe poison? Poison. (laughs) (laughs) There's presents by the Christmas tree. It's been decked with care or whatever. The Christmas tree decked with care. Something <laughs> happens to it with care. Yeah, I think it would, it's decked with care. And my present to you guys is a great discussion about Christmas that our listeners can Aww. listen to. Yay! How'd you know? Not a present. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something told me <laughs> it's just what you'd want. Yeah, you're right. The stockings are hung with care. That's the thing that happens yeah, with right, care. Right. You don't want to. Hung by the chimney with care. Don't want to be at Saint Nicholas soon would be there. In hopes that St. Nicholas... Well, before he gets here, guys, let's do this episode about Christmas. And we, you know, we like to talk about sanity. We like to have topics and things planned for our episodes that we do and discussions and devil's advocacy. But this is going to be a little bit more casual of an episode. We thought it'd be fun to just check in, talk about Christmas, talk about where we're all at in our own Christmas heroes' journeys. (sighs) Because every Christmas... You're a new person with new problems. Huh. Where are you, Ben? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the same person with the same problems. Every Christmas, you're stuck in a hellish, <laughs> repeating <laughs> Groundhog Day of pain. <laughs> there you go. It's a Sisyphean task. A Sisyphean. Every Christmas, you push that boulder. All right, let's. We need to actually have a discussion. So, Christmas. What baggage do you guys bring to Christmas? We talked about this before on Sound of Sanity, but that was a long time ago, many years ago now. So, (laughs) so many, so So many. many. We may have done it like four or five times in a row. (laughs) We might have. Oh, we can do the short versions. Ben, what's your Christmas baggage? My Christmas baggage, Nathan, is always loved Christmas. I remember at some point beginning to feel the tension of. My greed for Christmas gifts. Just knowing that I could spoil Christmas by being a brat, but feeling insecure about all the stuff I wanted that I might not get. I I don't know. That was just the thing I remember as a kid becoming aware of. And then I remember one Christmas where my parents were separated and my sister and I had a nasty fight. (laughs) And she might have slapped me. (laughs) But anyway, I deserved it. Let's see. I think we had more than one nasty fight. I think that we were like having an awful shouting match as we decorated the Christmas tree. My dad was not there. My mom was there in the house and trying to keep the peace. And uh, 
It was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the worst Christmas ever. Let's see, one other thing. I remember being an older teenager before those, before my parents separated and stuff, and remember and realizing that Christmas felt hollow to me because I didn't have the joy of the Lord. Let's just say, and I was thinking about it as a Christian or as you know someone with a Christian background, and I was thinking like, well, this is just stuff that I get and food that I eat that could be taken away from me, and I might not have it next year, and it seems pretty arbitrary. And I don't know what my lasting joy is supposed to be. I mean, I knew it was supposed to be God, but, you know. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, there you go. And we'll, we'll, we'll ask everybody to check in in a minute on as to what their Christmas is like now. But, Jake, what is your Christmas baggage? I have had a long love-hate relationship with Christmas. I, I remember my first couple of Christmases. I remember getting a bike when I was like four or five. Silver BMX bike nice. under the tree. I think I was four years old. I'd wanted the gold one, but I got the silver one. Christmas sucks. Yep. And I remember mm. even what the tri- what the uh, kickstand on that bike was like, because it was a little weird. I could describe it as kind of fat. The ways that it was tension off, it had to be attached separately, it didn't come on. And then there were training wheels, but then, you know, that summer I was going to get to learn to ride and get the training wheels. I remember all of that. Super fun. So I had some happy Christmases, and then my parents divorced when I was about five or six. Started when I was five, finished when I was six, so. And then after that, it was just love-hate, because Christmas amplified all of the tensions of my family being broken, and everybody wanting to pretend like everything was okay, and wanting to, to have this happy experience, and enforce and impose that happy experience, and and everybody living in denial about the fact that things weren't okay. And so that was most of my childhood experience of Christmas. And I say love-hate because still as a six, seven, eight-year-old kid, how do you not love Christmas or at least the idea of Christmas mm-hmm. or the presence at the very least? Right. Mm-hmm. And, how, you know, what do you do when you've got a broken family and, you know, you've, you've got, you know, like your dad remarries and whatever you get to like brag at school that you get like double presents you know i have two christmases i have christmas with my dad and stepmom and i have christmas with my mom i don't have christmas with my mom's with my grandparents on my mom's side and my grandparents on my dad's side i have christmas on my grandparents on my mom's side and my dad's side and my stepmom's side you make it into some kind of weird badge of honor badge of honor like try to make something of this all the silver linings but the the reality is the hassle and the pain and the tension of running everywhere and trying to please everybody and everybody on a subconscious subterranean level feeling the tension wanting things to be like one happy family feeling that tension being upset about it in various ways taking it out on each other and then sort of feeling at the center of all that like just really hard difficult painful thing so i became a christian i thought this is cool i get to write off christmas and as this superficial material garbage bullcrap and celebrate Jesus but then you know you get married and you start a family and you start to have kids and uh, things change and you get to have some healing and growth and perspective and maturity that allows Christmas to come around so but that's the baggage uh, my baggage is I remember enjoying Christmas from about age zero to ten and enjoying trees and christmas lights and presents and all that good stuff i 
separate the years of my blissful ignorance from the years of my understanding of human pain and misery. There's a very clear uh, line of demarcation in between the two. And I don't know exactly how old I was, but I was, let's say, 10 or 11. And this, this did not happen at Christmas, but I was in the bedroom one night and I heard my parents having a shouting match outside of the bedroom through the walls. And I suddenly, it just hit me like a, like a comet out of the sky from nowhere. Oh, everything's not okay. My parents are not okay. I'm not okay. Things are difficult. Our family is falling apart. And one day I didn't know that. And the next day I did. I remember very clearly just stepping, you know, I kind of just kind of did a reverse Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. I stepped from a bright, beautiful, colorful world full of munchkins into a world of <laughs> sepia-colored pain. After that, Christmas sucked, because everything sucked, actually. And I remember being very cynical and nasty. I developed into a very cynical and nasty teenager with a very sarcastic sense of humor. That's how I dealt with things. And my, mar- my parents' marriage was kind of falling apart from, you know, age 11 to 18 or so. And I dealt with that by being a, a nasty jerk. And I did that particularly around the holidays because that would really bring out the, you know, there's only so much hypocrisy that you can uh, lather onto things at the holidays. It tends to actually bring out the extremes of everyone's behavior when you have to all suddenly pretend like you're happy. It just throws into sharp relief how unhappy you are. And so I remember watching that and being nasty about it and being one of those kids that just doesn't like Christmas and doesn't care about Christmas. And I sort of stayed that way. My parents got divorced into my 20s. But at a certain point, it began to, I began to get maybe a little bit of perspective. And it turned from cynicism and anger, just more into sadness. And I grew into an adult man. And I began to lose some of that cynicism and gain some some faith in Christ and stuff like that. But Christmas was dead to me. At a certain point, I decided, you know what, I like Christmas, but I don't think it's, it's for me. Like I don't have, you know, I'm glad that Jesus came into the world, but I can actually celebrate that 365 days a year. And so I should. And in terms of all the, the apparatus that is Christmas, there's actually not a lot of people for me, you know, unless I'm going to just get gifts for all my friends. You know, I don't have a lot of family left. Actually, I've got my brothers and my mom. That's about it. There's not a lot of, you know, the relatives kind of, uh, fell away in the divorce. You know how sometimes you lose people, you lose one person and it means you lose a lot of people. You know, there actually wasn't that much left at the end of our family falling apart. And so a lot of Christmases, I, you know, I would just, uh, I would actually arrange to work. I had the kinds of jobs that could use staffing on Christmas and I would just go in and I would work. And I think when I, I think when I started doing that in my mid twenties, I did it out of cynicism and anger. At a certain point, the cynicism and anger turned into a calmer kind of sadness. But the feelings were inescapable. There's just no, there was no way to get through Christmas without suddenly being hit with something that would just make you mourn what you'd lost. And I remember every year being surprised by it. Like every year, okay, this really doesn't matter. It's not a big day. It's you know, it's just a. Listen, to think about it. It's Christmas. It's Tuesday. What's the difference? It's not even snowing in Southern Indiana. Like who cares? I'm going to work. I'm going to make over. You know, the big my Christmas present is I'll make double time, and then. 
you know, I'd see a family at the store or I'd see a decoration that would remind me of something and I'd burst into tears. I remember several Christmases in a row where I'd be sad and I'd be lonely and I'd start crying and it surprised, it managed to surprise me every time because I'm an idiot. And that's my Christmas baggage. <laughs> I uh, love Christmas. Yay! Yay! yay. <laughs> 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 just wanted to say <laughs> oh man so now we have to say where we're at now and jake i think you should go first actually well i've been married for 12 years uh my oldest son's 11 years old which is by the way why i want you to go first because you've had time to establish yeah the Christmas. we've been able to establish some good boundaries that have allowed us to have a, just a really fun enjoyable Christmas. I look forward to it. I don't look forward to a lot of the running around and travel that we still have to do. Not that I don't want to see everybody, but it's also been nice that just the pressure of it used to be. And I I know that every broken family is different in its own way and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But it used to be that all the pressure that, you know, a married couple feels, you know, when you've got suddenly you've got your family and then you've got your in-laws and your family's always had you on the day on christmas day on christmas eve on thanksgiving day or whatever you know now you've got to negotiate that right well that negotiating that was my whole life i want equal parts time on the day right and we're going to switch new christmas eve this year yeah because you can only sleep at one place who's going to get christmas eve and christmas morning who's going to get the evening how's that going to work out and then so those pressures are compounded then when you get married and your in-laws are also used to doing things on the day with their daughter. Now 12 years in, we've hit and we've just created enough space to say, you know what? Nobody gets, my family gets the day. Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, that's our house, that's our kids, that's our family and nobody's allowed to fight over it and make anybody, especially not our kids, feel bad about it. Everybody will respect that. That, having been established for 12 years, has allowed everything to just sort of de-escalate and be enjoyable in its time and place. And mostly, it's just been really sweet to be able to give my kids something that I never had, which is a normal, happiness. happy Christmas with the family, mm-hmm. you know, with mom and dad, you know, and uh, breakfast with the family and presence with the family and you know our own dorky little traditions and people in our home and so it's been really sweet and i look forward to it yeah it's a lot of fun i'm excited about it already we were recording this well before nathan made it sound like you know you were probably very fooled and convinced by <laughs> right nathan, nathan's scene setting <laughs> yep <laughs> but oh there goes santa claus <laughs> oh wow No, guys, I did not add that sound effect. <laughs> that was amazing. That was old cool. Saint Nick himself. Yeah, yeah. Man, you can't yeah. you can't make that up. Making his rounds <laughs> in uh, early November. <laughs> but you mean late December? Oh, do I? My bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, we've got our own traditions. I mm-hmm. I remember vague things like I remember going and chopping down a tree with my mom and dad one Christmas when they were still married 
And, you know, you would think, I know a lot of people think that this is weird, and I know it is weird, but memory is as much about rehearsal as anything, Mm. I think. And so I have really strong memories of going way back to age of, I think, two and three. And it's mostly things like Christmas and birthdays and stuff like that, but it's a a lot of other stuff. And a lot of my strongest childhood memories are of that magical period of time before my parents divorced. And so I don't know where I was going with that. You're recreating some of that with your kids, I think, right? Yeah, and expanding on it and doing it, I think, better. Desperately clinging on to the last vestiges (laughs) of happiness that you remember and forcing your family to enact this this play of Jake's childhood. Married to a pretty non-sentimental woman (laughs) who prevents me and my sentimentality from tyrannizing my family. Jake dresses his kids. We have a pretty healthy balance, actually. Jake dresses his kids in the same outfit, which he's kept, that he wore. That I wore. (laughs) And then he says, be happy before mommy and daddy get divorced. (laughs) This is your last chance. This is your one chance. (laughs) Wow. Oh, that was dark. It's really dark. (laughs) Disclaimer, Jake does not actually do that. Uh, And then he starts crying. Of course, he's been hitting the bottle. You know, know, old Jake. (laughs) A little little extra eggnog in the morning on Christmas. Um, (laughs) Ben, what's your your current Christmas? Uh, I think you and I might have a similar kind of thing that we're going into this year, maybe. The other thing that I should just say is it was really nice to marry a woman who's not only not ruled by, who's not only not an over-sentimental woman, but also who just has had a pretty uncomplicated and happy relationship with Christmas her whole life. She strikes me as somebody that likes holidays and parties and crafts and these kinds of things. Yep. Hmm. It's nice. Well, yeah. Like you, Nathan, I'm going into my first married Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it will be be good. Be interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like I've liked Christmas for years now. I don't feel like I ever disliked it for a long period of time. Just like it had some rough stuff associated with it. We'll see a lot of family. We'll do a lot of driving. I don't think that we'll resent that. Mm -hmm. I think we'll enjoy it. And I like Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. Like Jake has talked about him. For him, it's been a process of development and healing. Being able to enjoy it again. Sounds like the same for you. Mm -hmm. I don't... I, I think that did happen for me, but I think it, I, I maybe I don't think I registered it in the same way. And I don't know what else, what other kinds of things that might I might be thinking about going through Christmas as a married man. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure. So I, I don't have much to say about it. Huh. Well, I'm very conscious of going into my first married Christmas. And the reason I am is because I was not engaged until the end of the Christmas season last year, but I was in a, a relationship. My relationship status was in a relationship with a lady. Yeah, me too. Who I later married. Hashtag me too. And <laughs> I don't think it worked that way. <laughs> um, it was a little better than that. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, good. <laughs> yes. I really felt like I got Christmas gift wrapped, no pun intended, for me last year, just simply by having somebody in my life that I could really share it with. And it was emotional. There was also all the emotion of will we, won't we? I'm going to go buy the ring and she's going to tell me she doesn't want to get engaged. And then she, you know, there's like all this relationship (laughs) drama at the time. So that tends to 
heighten everything as I'm sure some of our listeners can relate with. So this is a very emotional heightened time anyway. But the Christmas of it all was really sweet in a way. Like, I think it's the first Christmas that I didn't cry because mm. it was just like, oh, this is nice. And, and I really enjoy doing Christmas stuff like presents because there's a person I want to get a present. There's a person that I'm excited to get presents from. And eh, not to say I didn't get and give presents. You know, I, I don't want to paint everything that came before too bleakly. I just want to make the point that it was suddenly shifted into a near new gear this year. And so I'm kind of afraid of this, of going into this new year, this new Christmas, that it either won't live up to what I want it to be. Like I finally have Christmas expectations. And so now, you know, I'm waiting, yeah. I'm waiting for them to get dashed. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, now I want Christmas to be great. So now I suddenly sympathize with all these people who are like, you know, with all these articles about like, we all put so much expectations on Christmas. Well, I knew what people were talking about and I, and I must have put some kind of expectation on Christmas because it made me cry every year. But also Christmas is the time where I feel more dead. But now it's like Christmas is a time where I feel more alive. And how on earth am I going to handle that? Hmm. I am excited and also very neurotic about it. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I'm at. So I think, Jake, what advice do you have? for both me and Ben, who's not going to have any problems because uh, he's just yeah. like him and his wife. They've got it figured out. They're so chill, man. They're chill. They love Christmas. Maybe he pro- had to process some things, but it's easy for Ben to process things. He just processes them and then they're processed. And for me, neurotic loser <laughs> who can't process anything, what advice do you have? Because you're 12 years in now. I think you got to have the freedom to just chill and let it be a delightful mess. I, I mean, I, I know that that's like a really cheesy, lame Christian mommy blogger way of talking about it. But if you know that in your case, you've, the anticipation is already building and right. you're excited about it being whatever, you gotta, you gotta let go of that and just accept that what I would actually tell you is there's a way, okay, you're coming to your first Christmas as a married couple. There's a way that you should think about a lot of these first, like you think about your honeymoon, maybe in retrospect, you had all this anticipation and expectation for what it would be like to be married and be with your wife. And it was not that, but it was beautiful in its own way. And if you have those, that kind of expectation of it ain't going to be perfect, it's not going to be sunshine and roses and everything just is awesome kind of thing. You're going to have your fights. You're going to have whatever else happens, whatever other difficulties you have. Um, But it's going to be beautiful in its own suite. We're figuring this out together. We're figuring out what it means to be a family. We're figuring out what it means to have Christmas and to establish a godly household together sort of way. When you hit, you know, your first Christmas as a couple, if God gives you children with, so if you approach it with just more of that open hand, We'll take what the Lord gives us. We'll come to it with faith. We're not going to set the bar too high, but we are going to try to do some fun things and just let God heal us and, you know, keep our focus centered on him and even our traditions just around the church and our family in a way that's healthy. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. It's going to be great. And you'll find yourself crying at some point by the end of the day, not for what you miss, but for what God's given you. It'll be good. And if you don't find yourself crying, that'll be okay too. What if I don't? What if I don't cry? Am I doing something wrong? <laughs> Is the kind of thing that Nathan uh, might think. Um, Jake, that sounds like a good idea, but 
what I think I'm actually going to do is wait this one day this year with the expectations of purging me of my entire past, making everything that was sad mm. into happiness mm-hmm. and being the most fun I've ever had. Yeah. And feeling warm and sentimental in a very Christmassy kind of a way. Yeah. As if there's sleigh bells ringing and chestnuts roasting. Yeah, and if God lets you down by not giving you that carpet Mm -hmm. of snow, Mm -hmm. then, you know, what do you do then? Become an atheist. Yeah. Well, you make a fair point, devil. (laughs) (laughs) How can we counter? (laughs) What's happening right now? I hope you have a stocking full of good arguments over there. <laughs> I just slayed your argument. Whoa, whoa, what a pun. Mother of all puns. Um, you know, you could do that. And people do. Yeah. People do. That is how they set themselves up for massive failure and disappointment. And they put pressure on their wife or their husband that can never be lived up to and then they're angry and frustrated and they start crying when the cookies come out a little burnt you know what i think it's pretty helpful to remember that the very first christmas uh was in a barn surrounded by a bunch of animals that the king of glory was laid in a feeding trough on a bed of straw if you can just accept that this least glorious of all christmases was the most glorious of all christmases Maybe it'll be okay when it doesn't all come together and you're not magically healed for the la- for 33 years of pain and sorrow or however long it's actually been. Maybe you can just take a little sip from the cup and be that much happier and stronger and ready to not just revel in the love of God for you and for the world, but take a little of it to the world with you. And maybe that's a good thing to think about, too, when you come to Christmas is if it's all focused on you and all focused on your own personal catharsis, maybe one thing that you should do is find a way to invite other people into your joy and make it about them and what you can give instead of what you can get. Because after all, isn't it more blessed to give than receive? And is that what we're doing at Christmas time? We could go into so many cliches about this, but the cliches are there for a reason. It's more blessed to give than receive is Bible, not that's right, not cliche, but we're talking about gift giving and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But we're also talking about, I, I will say that for me, it is really important to me that people come over to my house on Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> and that people come over who don't have necessarily have family to celebrate with or they do but gonna be hard and they just need to be in a place where they can have some something warm to drink and have other people who are having fun around that's important for me one of my favorite parts of christmas yeah i've been to some of those and they were uh they were sweet and healing and stuff that I don't want to talk about right now. Um, <laughs> let's never speak of this again. Um, <laughs> they were helpful. I love you, Jake. But I can't not bring myself to say those words in a way that sounds even 1% sincere. <laughs> uh, because I've built a wall. And unless Christmas tears down the wall, <laughs> then it will not have done its job.
Man. And unless my wife gets me that Land Rover that I've been hinting about. <laughs> it's all going to be ruined. Christmas is ruined and I will drown my sorrows, not in eggnog, but just in bourbon. Because <laughs> who cares about Christmas? Huh. More, more like egg Crockmas. Eggnog's a little too Christmassy. Maybe yeah. you could drown your sorrows in like Hershey's Kisses that just have the regular silver wrapping instead of the red and green, the red and green. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> wrapping. <laughs> be a little less destructive. <laughs> than drowning my sorrows in bourbon? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. You could argue about this the health. This is the thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe we will argue. Ben thinks gluttony is better than drunkenness. Yeah. He, that's how he <laughs> that's ranks take them. away from this Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Favorite holiday tradition, Ben? Favorite holiday tradition? Sorry, I don't have one. Favorite Christmas tradition? I don't have one. Oh, I thought you were doing the thing. I, I'm not. I'm not doing the thing. I never I never remember the things that I particularly like or that are meaningful to me until I'm like there doing them. And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's a weird I cat. love this thing. Yeah. I'm serious, though. We're putting the lights on the what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas tree. We're hanging the what? Oh, yeah. I like I, this. I've spent so many years living with other guys or whatever mm-hmm. and not having a Christmas tree for instance set up right and just going to different parents houses mm-hmm. it's as it's like I haven't had ownership of my own Christmas traditions for a long time and so the challenge I think will be having them yeah I'm mm-hmm. trying to be proactive about that I've been budgeting for it which I'm pretty happy about because yeah. I just think this would be miserable if I was That's going great. into this worried about like oh no yeah. which is which Jake told me to do by the way I'll give him credit for that mm. Jake said, budget for Christmas and birthdays. And I have been. And I'm it's good. I'm really glad that I don't have to because I'd be the angry husband who whose wife just can we just get a Christmas turkey? <laughs> <laughs> no, no priorities. <laughs> Frozen pizza will be merry enough. I would like a Christmas tree. Some <laughs> lights. No. <laughs> I got you this branch. <laughs> <laughs> This is just a stick. <laughs> it's the Christmas branch. <laughs> Don't make me hit you with the Christmas branch. Wow. <laughs> Disclaimer, I do not hit my wife with a Christmas branch or anything else. <laughs> um, Man, I think that this... Jake, I'm getting the feeling that Christmas has some negative associations for Nathan. It's <laughs> just my <What>? sense. <laughs> just my sense of things this episode. Oh, man. Wow. Jake, favorite Christmas tradition? Uh, it's so hard. I love getting the tree and setting up the tree. I love our Christmas Eve party. I love staying up while my wife makes some absurd, crazy thing for a kid because I just think it's pretty awesome. And I love getting up in the morning and antagonizing the kids and making them wait for presents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's all awesome. I love yeah. it all. I think probably my favorite thing, though, is we get the tree all set up and we've been playing Christmas music and then we just get to sit after the kids are in bed by the tree. That's my favorite part, I think. That's pretty sweet. I'm just going to say, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. I like Christmas lights. I just think they're magical. Not ashamed to admit it. Actually, I am ashamed to admit it, as you can tell by the irony that I'm tinging my comments with. But I really like Christmas lights, guys. I think they're cool. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There's just something so magically absurd and wonderful and perfect and inevitable yet absurd about the fact that Jesus came into the world. And so 
all these people, Christians and pagans the world over, just like transform the world into a kaleidoscope. Like yeah. it's, it's really cool. I like it. And our town sucks because people are parsimonious. Is that the word I want? That's oh, the yeah. word. They are the skin flints. Uh, they do not, they, we do not see a lot of Christmas lights. We don't do holidays in Bloomington because we have no joy de vivre. We, we do it. We know. have, we are, we've got. We're cold, lifeless. That If you think of Midwest, the Midwest is you wave to everybody when you go down the road and you smile and you're friendly and that is the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Although I think culturally there's been enough of a shift that everything is getting colder, but man, Bloomington has always been frigid. From the moment I got here, it was just so pronounced. And it really comes through at Christmas time. You can't go on a drive to see Christmas lights in Bloomington. You won't find any. I went on one last Mm. year with my beautiful then girlfriend, I guess. Man, it was disappointing. It was fun. We had fun, but we mostly had ironic fun making fun of how lame and parsimonious Bloomington was. And there were maybe, I mean, we drove all over the place. There were maybe three really cool houses. And then there were a couple houses that had those gauche, uh, I shouldn't say gauche. If people like them, it's fine. Those inflatable giant snow globe kind of things. Yep. And there just just wasn't a lot of Christmas spirit. I like tacky Christmas stuff, by the way. I regret saying gauche about those things. If people like those things, that's great. Merry Christmas to them. They do not deserve to be boiled in their own pudding with a hock of holly through their heart. They're all very thankful that you've made that pronouncement. Well, guys, anything else you guys want to say about Christmas? People can listen to our Then Comes What episode. Yeah. With Tim and Max. Uh, and, and we talk and about some more stuff. We talk about some more stuff this. there. But I just thought we'd have a sweet little Christmas episode uh, for Sound of Sanity. Mission accomplished? Yeah. I don't think we're going to come back for a New Year's episode proper. So we're this is this is closing out 19 here. The old, old man. Old man 2019 is hobbling into his grave. And a little baby, <laughs> baby 2020 <laughs> is, is cooing adorably just off stage guys wow so thanks for hanging with us folks this year i know it was maybe a little less sound of sanity than you were expecting while we got all our plates spinning but thankful that you all were patient and you're still listening and next year we should have a pretty steady stream of sound of sanity coming your way right guys oh yeah Yeah. and anything else we want to tell the listenership nope merry christmas Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building and loan. Down on Insanity was produced by me, executive produced by Jake and me, performed by Nathan and Jake and associate performed. <laughs> associate performed <laughs> <laughs> by wow. Jolly Ben Solzer. <laughs> Until next time, folks. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Except for one of you. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Not true. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer to young and old, meek and the bold. Ding dong. Ding.